Hello, and welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman, and I do really appreciate you listening on this Monday, February 8th, 2021. Topics on this episode include CFPB updates, my interview with realtor Justin Rossi, and the effect of the latest payroll report on the job market. A Pennsylvania man is suing Smartwater for not making him smart. And here, in this commentary, I'd like to formally announce my lawsuit against Thin Mints. Residential lenders are not only watching the 10-year yield hit a pandemic high, but are concerned about the legal and regulatory environment. Whether it is lawsuits or lending, the role of government and regulators is shifting. Anyone hoping for smaller government with this administration was dealt a blow with the latest proposal to eliminate credit unions and have the government control the credit process through the CFPB. My dad certainly received his fair share of emails over the weekend opposing the move for a variety of reasons. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and the National Credit Union Association signed a Memorandum of Understanding Agreement to improve coordination between the agencies. To view the memorandum and the article on the CFPB, visit robchrisman.com. Today we are pleased to welcome Justin Rossi of Ferrari Lund Real Estate. He and his wife, Tasha Rossi, were recently named the number one realtors in Reno and number five in Nevada for social media marketing. I wanted to have them on to talk about the overlap between lenders and realtors. Justin, let's start with why do lenders and realtors need each other? Uh, a good working relationship between a, between a realtor and a lender with, with a history of trust, um, and closing deals. Is, is super important from our perspective. And uh, we, we take that pretty seriously when we're recommending a lender. If a buyer has a bad experience with them, it, it reflects poorly on us. We're part of their team. We feed them business. Uh, we put out fire sometimes, or sometimes we explain things that, that maybe, you know, the buyer doesn't have that relationship with a lender where they're always in communication constantly, where we could kind of smooth things over. And so, you know, the team aspect super important. What can lenders do to partner with more realtors? Well, there's, there's a lot of ways. Um, you know, since we got in the business, uh, we've been in it for five years now. We didn't really understand at first, like, why are all these lenders contacting us all the time and asking us to go grab a coffee? And we quickly realized is they, they want our business. They want our referrals. And so they tried to set up you know, a meeting where they can discuss their company and what they do for buyers and, and, and start a partnership. And so over the years, we've partnered with multiple lenders and, uh, in, in, you know, it's always evolving depending on the time. Um, we've worked with one lender for quite a while and then we had a few bad experiences and we, we started looking for, for another lender. Um, currently, we work with one or two lenders um, that we recommend to all clients. I've had lenders say, hey, I have a refer- referral for you, a buyer lead. And that's like one, one sure ticket to, to start business together is to get something like that going. So I think there's creative ways for lenders to uh, connect with, with realtors. And obviously, you know, lenders need multiple realtors to work with. So, um, you know, versus realtors, you know, you really only need one lender. Um, so it's tougher for them to, to grow that business that way. You know, they have to reach out and, and be 
be referring business back and forth to multiple different partners. Um, so it's definitely tough, but I, I think it's a, a pretty important part of their business. Let's talk about social media marketing. Uh, can you go through some of your experiences, what you've seen that works and, and doesn't work? You know, Tosh and I have have done fairly well with uh, social media marketing. Uh, we've grown our, our, our following pretty well. We have over 10,000 followers on Instagram. We've gotten a couple of awards for it. And what we found is we originally started with, you know, the standard stuff, you know, just sold, uh, you know, posting a picture of a new uh, interior design. Um, at it, we're at inspections, but really what connects us with our audience, I feel like, is, is video content where we go into a local business or share about the community. You need to be producing more videos to help your clients, you know, get comfortable with you. They can see you on camera. Uh, and when you're producing videos like that, you know, you're talking about, you're giving them, you're just educating your client. And uh, I, I found that when you're just providing good information, that's the best type of marketing. You're not trying to ask for business. You're not trying to say, hey, work with me and I'll get you the best deal or I'll get you the most money for your house. It's more about just educating buyers and sellers about the process of real estate. And hopefully they're, they're a member of your sphere and, and you know when the time comes, they'll think of you because they always see you on social media providing good information. And uh, what are you hearing about the current market from from borrowers or uh, any problems with with lenders? I've heard that uh, there's been appraisal issues and an inventory crisis, but neither of those necessarily seem like that's that's the fault of a lender. Well, it's a tough time for buyers for sure. Um, but when you look at it from their payment standpoint, you know buyers have way more purchase power today than they did two years ago. So yes, home prices gone up, but it doesn't mean that payments have gone up. You know, I, I on a $400,000 purchase two years ago is, you know, the payment would, would pencil out the same today at a 525 purchase with the interest rates the way they are. So that's something we do to educate buyers to make sure that they understand you know, yes, the market has gone up, but is it affordable? Yes, it's still affordable. It remains to be seen how some of the pinch points in housing will res- resolve themselves because currently, with inventory being the way it is, it's hurting first-time home buyers. Uh, Justin, thank you very much for coming on the Chrisman Commentary podcast. Here's to a, uh, a strong home buying market in 2021, and uh, thank you very much for coming on the show. Right on. Thanks for having me. The Consumer Finance Protection Bureau has done a fine job in the last four years of working with the financial services industry and consumer groups and educating both. Is that going to change? Acting CFPB Director Dave Yuho is considering using the disparate impact standard against lenders for discriminatory effects, even if their policies are neutral. His blog post last week stated that the policies of the financial services industry have both caused and exacerbated racial inequality. CFPB watchers expect that he will move quickly so that Rohit Chopra, once the Senate approves him as permanent director, can review the matters. The CFPB's position is that because an effects test is found in Regulation B, ECOA's governing regulation, then disparate impact applies to the ECOA. 
and that statute has not been considered in a Supreme Court case. The blog post conveys his broad vision for the division of research, markets, and regulations. Buckley LLP reports that Acting Director Yeho emphasized that in order for the Bureau to respond to his previously stated priorities, relief for consumers facing hardship and economic crisis due to the COVID-19 pandemic. To achieve this goal, Yuho is authorizing the Bureau's use of its 1022C4 data collection authority and has asked RMR to examine the impact of specific industry practices on consumers' daily budget and overall bottom line in order to target effective policy interventions. Among things, RMR has been asked to take the following immediate steps. Prepare an analysis assessing housing insecurities such as mortgage foreclosures, mobile home repossessions, and landlord-tenant evictions. Prepare an analysis to address pressing consumer financial barriers to racial equality in order to inform research and rulemaking priorities, and explicitly include in policy proposals the racial equity impact of the policy intervention. Resume data collections paused due to COVID-19, including Humda quarterly reporting, Cardac data collection, PACE data collection, and the previously completed 1071 data collection. Focus mortgage servicing rulemaking on COVID-19 responses to avert to the extent possible, a foreclosure crisis when pandemic forbearances end in March and April, and to explore options for preserving the status quo with respect to QM and debt collection rules. Buckley LLP's note finished with Ueho also noted that he will be assessing regulatory actions taken by the previous leadership and adjusting as necessary and appropriate those not in line with the Bureau's consumer protection mission and mandate, and that he wants to preserve where possible maximum policy flexibility for President Biden's nominee once confirmed. A little flavor about the domestic labor market was revealed this past Friday, and it didn't provide a great taste. January jobs data was weaker than expected, and the unemployment rate dropped to 6.3%, although it was primarily due to discouraged Americans who stopped looking. The economy has 6.5% fewer jobs than a year ago, and there are still 4 million people who have been actively looking for work for 27 weeks or longer. Adding to the bleak news were downward revisions on the November and December jobs reports. The uncertainty in the job market through the remainder of this year should mean we'll continue to see low rates and Fed purchases of MBS. The bond market sold off to close the week as the talk inevitably turned towards the need for a large stimulus deal to boost a reeling economy, and that jobs report provided an impetus to finalize a bill. Now that Senate Democrats have passed a budget framework allowing the package to pass with a simple majority and no Republican support, Aid is likely only weeks away. This week, we'll see details of the sweeping $1.9 trillion bill hammered out, and the U.S. government is certainly taking advantage of refinancing debt at lower rates. Treasury supply is likely to have the biggest market-moving impact, with a record $126 billion quarterly funding being conducted over sessions tomorrow through Thursday. Fed speak is on the lighter side, with just Cleveland's Mester on the schedule today, but Chair Powell is scheduled to speak before an Economic Club in New York event on Wednesday. MBS has a busy week with Class A 48-hour notification tomorrow, Class B on Thursday, and Class C net out on Friday ahead of the long weekend. The desk is scheduled to purchase $27.2 billion maximum across the first four days of the week, with a new schedule and reinvestment estimate due Thursday. Today's schedule sees the desk targeting up to $7.2 billion over three operations, with one in each class. The event's calendar is relatively light and begins later this morning with the Employment Trends Index for January. That will be followed subsequently by the release of the MBA's Forbearance and Call Volume Survey for the week ending January 31st, and the Fannie Mae Home Purchase Sentiment Index for January. With little of note today, things swing back into gear tomorrow with the January NFIB Small Business Optimism index, another labor market indicator in December job openings, 
and a $58 billion three-year treasury note auction. We begin the day with the five-year T-note and agency MBS prices down slash worse, almost an eighth, and the 10-year yielding 1.19 after closing last week at 1.17%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Seen on a billboard, reserve now, Valentine's Day special. We arrest you in front of your wife and release you on the following Tuesday. Includes camping fee, fishing license, tent, and beer. We come in full police uniforms and blue lights. <laughs> Thank you for spending a few minutes of your time with us. We hope you found it informative and efficient, and we look forward to doing it all again tomorrow. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.